0: What's good, everybody?
1: This is Fraternal Football.
0: I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. All right. We have the man himself, the only Patriot fan we know and love, our Tim Tebow and Tom Brady, probably now Mac Jones, fanatic. Champagne Joey.
2: Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great having Um, you, man. I'm ready to just get into it, man.
0: All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna toss a few questions this way that we did not send him earlier. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Joey, uh, tell us about your your sort of football journey or your fandom. We know you're a Patriots fan. How how the heck did that happen?
2: You know, being from Southern California, being a Patriots fan, you know, pretty easy choice. You know, uh, no, um. My journey as a Patriots fan began probably, I'd say, about Super Bowl 39, um, the first football game I ever remember sitting down and actually watching was the Patriots and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And just from watching that game at that moment, I decided I wanted to be a Patriots fan. And so, of course, at that moment, it was kind of, you know, bandwagon, but, you know, I have no other information to go on and whatnot. And since then, the rest is kind of history. And I've followed them ever since to this day.
1: Nice, nice. I like that answer.
2: It's All right. Just complete honesty. <laughs> <laughs> what is your outlook for the Patriots this year? My did... outlook on the Patriots this year,
1: you know. Yeah, did you expect what they're currently doing to happen? Or is it kind of a surprise?
2: So I'll tell you this, I'm where we're at, at this point in the season, I'm actually completely amazed by what they're doing right now. Um, when they started the season two and four, I kind of, you know, felt like that's about where we were going to be. I was thinking, you know, rookie quarterback, lots of new guys in the fold. It takes time to build chemistry together. And since then where we've gone is absolutely Shocking to me. Uh, coming into the season, I projected us to be, you know, just over 500. I was thinking we were going to be nine and eight, miss playoffs, but improve from last year. I definitely did not expect the explosiveness of this team, and I could have never envisioned us being on a seven win streak. So I'll say they've blown my expectations out of the water and just. They don't have the most talent in the league, but I see improvements every week, and I'm absolutely proud of them.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, old Bill's got his swag back. I'm just waiting for him with the, the, the <laughs> sideline there to go yeah, along with yeah. his
2: rip sweatshirt there. Exactly. You know, people always say he's the best coach, but now people, are, he can prove it now this season.
0: Yeah, without the yeah, you know, so the oh, but he doesn't have Brady
2: and and now uh, <laughs> exactly. It's hard to recover when you lose a player like Brady, though. You know.
0: Yeah, so I know there's a lot of guys doing just doing shit on that roster this season, just just kicking ass. Uh, who's the one that surprised you? Know we got like guys like Kendrick Bourne out there, didn't even know where he's mm-hmm. from. Uh, Judon mm-hmm. surpassing expectations, but who for you?
2: You know, I've got actually two guys who are my biggest surprises. The first one is actually J.C. Jackson. You know, um, yeah. last season he was playing extremely well. And, you know, I took notice of him, but he was always that second guy behind Stefan Gilmore. So I was worried once we got rid of Gilmore that how is J.C. Jackson going to fit into the fold? How is he going to fit into his new role? as the number one corner on the team. And you know what? He's been absolutely sensational to me. He's actually second in the league with interceptions. He has seven, only one behind Trayvon Diggs. And so far this season, he already has more tackles than he has ever had in a season. And right now he's at 42. And the second guy I've been impressed with is someone who already mentioned, uh, Matthew Judon. Uh, The guy in the red sleeves, you know, he's pretty nice. He's got 11 and a half sacks already. And when you're watching a Patriots game, he's all over the place. Even if he's not making the tackle, he's bringing the pressure. He's creating those opportunities for others. And when I saw him get signed in the offseason, I knew he was good, but I never thought he was, like, that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So he, those two players are surpassing expectations for me.
1: Judon has been a a big surprise.
0: Yeah,
2: definitely. I think he's
0: only what half a sack behind. uh Was it the the Titans coach for most sacks by anyone in the Bill Belichick era? So like fourteen, <laughs> or does he have more now?
2: Um, you know, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I think he's getting close though.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. But, yeah, the guy in the red sleeves been real good. Real nice, real nice. <laughs> All right, Joey, what is
2: your assessment of Mac Jones so far? So, you know, looking at the question, I, I think he has been absolutely just sensational so far. He's playing just so well as a rookie. I think he's even standing out next to veteran quarterbacks in the league and other mainstays that you might think of. In uh, 12 games this season, Mac Jones is actually third in completion percentage with 70.3%. And there's only two people ahead of him and that's Kyler Murray and Tua. And so in all honesty, those two can't really be compared to Mac Jones because respectfully, those two have missed at least four games each this season. So if you take them out of the equation and just have quarterbacks who have played every game this season, or at least missed one game, Mac Jones is the first, you know, he's ranked number one. And not only this, he's put up 2,800 yards in the air. And that's, as I found out earlier, ninth in the league. So he has, Mac Jones has honestly just been an angel for Bill Belichick. He's just been a godsend. He listens well. He picks up the playbook. He takes the lessons. And, you know, it's not showing up only in the stat sheet. It's showing in the win column as well. And honestly, he's pulling away from the pack for rookie of the year. I think uh, my assessment right now of Mac Jones is in a few years time, we may be talking about him as if he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the league.
1: Hmm. I think those are those are bold takes. I, I think he's been what we expected. I Tua and that completion percentage I think isn't necessarily a fluke as much as Kyler Murray's per se, because they do run most RPOs in the league. So it's a lot of really short passes. So I think he kind of just is pretty good at throwing short. But uh uh, Mac Jones being an elite quarterback. Uh I, I think he's solid, man. I think he could be like
2: I said in a few years. Kirk time, Cousins. We yeah, like Kirk Cousins. Like
1: if he's if he's what Kirk Cousins is, like in terms of throwing like close to 30 touchdowns, maybe around yeah. ten interceptions at the most, and like four thousand yards every year, that's pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, you know, that that'd be like bottom rung. Like, high middle tier, low elite. You know, yeah. I don't think he's going to be, like, Mahomes or... I don't Brady think he's going to throw,
1: like... But he's serviceable. Yeah. Are we talking
0: Joe Flacco, 2012 elite? <laughs> I, I <laughs> hope
2: that's the year he was elite. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, all right. Around there it's
0: gonna... Week 13 picks. Holy shit, it's week 13. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, The order we're going to do this in is I'm going to do my pick. Zach's going to do his. We'll hand it off to Joey, and we'll just run right through him Thursday through Monday. Thank God we have a decent Monday night game this week. However, Thursday night, can't ignore it. Dallas at New New Orleans. Who cares? Dallas over New Orleans is my pick because Saints just don't have a quarterback.
1: Yeah, Dallas, you gotta win this game. If you don't, your season is looking sketchy. You can't you can't lose to the Broncos and then lose to the Raiders and then now lose to the Saints. This is a must-win for Dallas.
2: Yeah, and on the I have to go with the Cowboys as well. On paper, you know, they look like they completely outmatched the Saints. Uh the Saints who are just in peril right now, trying to figure things out. If the Cowboys can't <laughs> Can't get it done this week. It's looking like just another year for them instead of a Super Bowl run.
0: Yeah, next we got. I have Miami over the Giants. I you know I'm not sold on this because the Giants' defense is. They got some dogs over there. That they, they can play man coverage and press shit out of you. So, but Miami's won a couple games. And maybe they're not as terrible as or god awful as we all thought they were so
1: yeah honestly Miami's one I think three or four straight they're they're kind of on a roll they kind of found their groove on defense running a lot of cover zero blitz, and it's been kicking ass so I, I got Miami here too
2: I also have Miami here you know I just gotta say it's no receiving core no problem all they have is Jalen Waddle out there and the backup receivers out there have really been stepping up uh, this week. They have a chance at getting Devonte Parker back off of IR if they activate him. So, you know, I think they've been really impressive these past few weeks. I think the dolphins take this one pretty, pretty handedly.
0: All right. Next I have the Colts over Houston. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the Houston's got some hungry vets, but maybe they're full now. <laughs> Uh, Colts were on a roll. It took a, it took Tom. Do we right need in.
2: to talk about this? Going
0: <laughs> back about a, a, a few years to to beat them, so Colts.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Colts too. Seems like Houston's like a, I think we we're a little too scrappy earlier in the year, so they traded Ingram, released Lindsay. They're like, all right, yeah, we're pretty crappy now. That's where we want to be. So exactly. yeah, I'm taking Indy.
2: You know, I thought we were gonna play the three word game. Uh, for these picks and uh my what i've written down for my pick i got the colts and my three word game well four word i guess is land of the luck looking pretty similar with that passing attack and i think they're just going to destroy the texans
0: yeah uh next i have (laughs) minnesota over detroit kurt cousins throwing
1: dimes I actually got Detroit this week. I think uh, Minnesota always plays down in their competition, and this is a game I could easily see the Vikings just blowing. I'm going Detroit.
2: With the news of DeAndre Swift being out possibly a couple weeks, I'm going to have to go with the Vikings. I think if the Lions are going to win a game, they're going to win off the back of their backs. And losing one of the top running backs in the league And having to run with Jamal Williams, who is good, he's just not dynamic enough, I think, for the Lions to be able to come out on top. So in a normal circumstance, it's kind of iffy. I get that, but I think it's Vikings.
0: For sure. Next, I have Philadelphia over the Jets. The Jets seem like they have a bit more life in them now, but Philly just drops 40 on people out of fucking nowhere, so philly
1: i was really excited about philly's running game and all the crazy things they were doing with that offensive line but they laid a huge egg against dallas and or yeah not dallas sorry new york and uh man i don't trust them to win this game i think zach wilson's been pretty crappy don't get me wrong but I don't know. Jets have been kind of scrappy in the games. They shouldn't win. This is a game they shouldn't (laughs) win. I can see it going either way. I guess I'll take the Eagles, but only because they should
2: win. I think uh, the Eagles coming up short against, you know, division rivals is different than if it were against, you know, a team like, uh, like the Jets this week. Um, I think, since you play a team twice a year, it gives you more inside, makes it tougher. So I'm going to go with the Eagles this week. I think they're just going to pound the rock and hopefully Jalen Hurts can get it together a little bit, you know, get something rolling here. And I think the Eagles win in a tough one.
0: Next, I got Arizona over sh- Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Uh, I don't, is Kyler Murray back? Who knows? I don't know when he's coming back, but they're, they're just winning. So we'll, we'll just go
1: there. Sh- Chicago just can't win. Yeah, I, I heard Kyler Murray was practicing today. Uh, if he's there, they'll win. Hell, if Cole McCoy's there, they'll probably win. I'm going Arizona.
2: <laughs> Arizona all the way. I don't have much else to say about that. Chicago is. Just a sorry team.
0: Yep. Next we have I'm taking the Chargers over Cincinnati because they kind of flip by week by week and this is probably their good week. Although I, I honestly think next year is when they
1: put it together more. This is one of the low-key exciting matchups of the weekend. That it's not really talked about a lot, but it could be a really high scoring back-and-forth game, and I'm kind of ready to see how it plays out. Since he's been running the ball really well, and I think the Chargers have kind of... They're losing their identity on defense, which has kind of been their big struggle the last few weeks. So I'm going to go
2: he I'm going to go with uh, the idea that this is going to be a duel. It's going to be a shootout, lights-out game, and I think you're right, one of the more exciting games this week. And... Something's telling me. I think I got Herbert here. I think he tends to show up in, you know, duels and moments like these, and I think he's going to outscore Joe Burrow. I got the Chargers.
0: Yeah, there's certainly the the bully factor there. Uh, Bosa might just bully Burrow. The next one we got is Tampa Bay. This one's kind of laughable, and I say that and watch him just lay an egg, but Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, whichever way, you flitch boat uh, over Atlanta. Atlanta's just I, – I, I don't have anything to say that's good, so I'm not going to
1: say anything about them. Um, I think I saw a report that Cordell Patterson might be out this game. Could be wrong, but if that's the case – Atlanta really has no other options on offense. Kyle Pitts has been kind of bracketed nonstop, and no one's winning on that side. So, Tampa, you got to win this game. This is kind of a a must win for Tampa, too.
2: Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay has been on a two-win streak after those two tough losses. Um, I got Tom Terrific destroying (laughs) – and picking apart the Atlanta Falcons. And if anyone in the Bucks coaching staff is confused on how to cover Cordero Patterson, I'm sure Tom Brady would figure it out. He played with Cordero, and, you know, he's banged up Cordero. So, I mean, one playmaker isn't going to beat the Bucs, like, four or five playmakers on offense. So, Buccaneers, easy win.
0: All uh, right, next I got the – Rams over Jacksonville. Jacksonville's kind of a joke of a franchise. Just gonna leave it at that. Trevor Lawrence is by and far the greatest thing they have going for him and he's not doing that well season. Whatever reason for that we'll we'll forget that. but they're they're a joke.
1: So Rams. I think Stafford's gonna kind of continue his row of duds here. And Jacksonville's kind of played everyone really close this year. Even the teams that have been way better than them, like Cincinnati, Tennessee. I can honestly see Jacksonville coming away with the upset this week and the Rams really having to do some soul searching.
2: Yeah, you know, when you put it that way, on paper, I immediately just wrote down Rams, you know, back in the saddle, get it together, but I think – We aren't recognizing how tough of a loss Robert Woods was. He is the most consistent player on that offense. He opens it up for so many different players. And I don't know, they're still getting everyone acclimated on that offense without him. I still think the Rams are going to take it, even with uh, Daryl Henderson banged up a little bit, but it's not going to be pretty. It's probably going to be a nasty win.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, next, I have Las Vegas over Washington, and and I don't say this because I have confidence. I'm just saying,
1: please, two in a row, please, please. Uh, I'm I'm taking Vegas. I Chase Young's a huge loss. I know that Washington front seven is talented and young, even without Chase Young, but he's he's really that edge threat the guy who truly can get a sack on that critical down. You really trust Montez Sweat in that situation or Jerome Payne. They're more like run stuffers. I think the Raiders are just going to air it out. (laughs) The secondary has been kind of the struggle point for Washington anyway, this season. And Washington's kind of been on a little run here, but I think it comes to an end.
2: I think the Raiders are going to take it. I think Derek Carr, he is the number one passing yards leader in the league. I think he—he he is definitely what's going to push the Raiders over Washington. If you have any doubts, um, I think the Raiders are starting to get their feet back under them after all the controversy, all the issues. I think they're starting to get enough reps in to where they're more comfortable. So I see them—I see them picking up this win.
0: Some more reps, and that's a a classic coach kind of answer. There, (laughs)
2: that's what you need.
0: All right, next we have Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Yeah, Lamar had a bit of a struggle game. Lightning will not strike
1: twice. Baltimore, don't care where it is. I'm going Baltimore too. Uh, Lamar had a four interception game last week, but Baker had just as bad a game. They just didn't result in four interceptions. Uh, Everyone has a bad game, but if you really watch the games, Lamar's been playing lights out this year. The stats don't really tell the whole story. And the Steelers don't commit a lot of turnovers, but they haven't been moving the ball. And Ravens... Come on, man. This This is an easy one. Ravens all the way.
2: Yeah, you can't really expect Lamar Jackson to throw four interceptions every week. Um, I think Lamar just redeems himself. He sounds determined today when he said he played like a rookie. He sounds like he's taking the loss real hard, and I think he uh, it's going to fuel him. It's going to make him a better quarterback, and perfect time of the season to do that later in the year. I think it's going to push him over the top. Ravens, easy win. All
0: right, next I have Seattle winning a scrappy game against the Niners. Also, this is just my upside of the week. If you're asking me for real, I don't think that the Seahawks are done. They're definitely done. Russell does not look like he's back yet, even though he's back. But you know what? They just, I don't know, for some reason, they just, they win these games. They put up like 30 points.
1: Uh, I could easily see this being the game where Russ kind of finds his footing again. So, uh, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to go Seahawks, too. Yeah, I think uh, the Niners were kind of finding their groove for a while, but if there's anything Jimmy G has kind of shown us the last couple of years is he's not reliable.
2: I got to say I got the Niners in this one. I think this is a win-or-go-home situation here. I think if they lose this game, this is when their team's going to start giving up for the rest of the season. If they win – And win out, they may have a chance at playoffs. I think this is their like last good push to see if they can possibly make a wild card. I got the Niners taking it. All
0: right. I think this is Sunday night. I'm gonna assume it's Sunday night because oh wait, I I saw the commercial. Never mind. Scrap that. It is KC over Denver. And just wanna say credit for Denver last week. I was wrong. They balled out. is mostly Patrick Sertan just doing it all himself. I think did he have two picks and a touchdown, something like that. Dude's a baller. He's probably good. We're he's, we're going to be talking about him in the same breath as as some of the top guys real soon. But KC, it's just better. They have a quarterback.
1: Yeah, if there's one team that's built to stop Patrick Mahomes. It's Denver, all those DBs, all those rangy, rangy players, and all those pass rushers on that roster, defensive coach. They they built this team to stop him. Can they? They haven't been able to yet. Kind of the Chiefs are finding their own now. And, man, Denver just, they let you down. Every time you think they're going to be good, they let you down. So I'm going to go Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs found their footing, and they're just going to step over the Broncos like they always do.
2: Yeah, I think the Chiefs' offense is too dynamic to not win this game. The Broncos have been winning on the ground, um, but I don't think they're going to have the game script to be able to do that this time around. I think the Chiefs coming off of a bye week, they have more insight and they're seeing what everyone's doing to them all season. At first it worked. It was messing the homes up pretty badly, but I think the team as a whole knows they're not going to beat anybody over the top anymore. That's why you just got to keep taking these mid-range, short-range shots, and eventually it'll open up. And if it doesn't open up, you're still going to win anyways because they can't stop you. They're protecting too deep. I think Chiefs win this one. Dominating offense just breaks through.
0: And finally, we have a good Monday night game. New England, I have over Buffalo. Although I feel like this game could be the Buffaloes to take, and then they just split it the next time. New England takes other one. But you know what? New England's fucking red hot, white hot. And... Bill's on, on the sideline with his with his chain, just, just kicking everyone's ass
1: every week. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo. I think Buffalo is as streaky as it gets for the top teams. They'll put out an egg, and then they'll blow someone out. But I think this is the game they need to settle in and truly find themselves, because otherwise the Patriots are going to take away not only the division but the AFC from them. <laughs> and they need to put up or shut up because they're not they can't go another 20 years as the redheaded stepchild in that division.
2: You know, respect to both of you. Uh, I got New England winning as well. And I think it's just because Bill Belichick is going to outcoach Sean McDermott each game that the Patriots have won. They have just completely just out the other team, even when they lose, like when they lost to the Buccaneers. I still think they out the Buccaneers. It's just the Buccaneers had too much talent on that squad. Um, Bill Belichick, since 2017, when McDermott became the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Bill Belichick is 6-2 and two against Sean McDermott. However, he has lost the last two games, but I think that turns around this week. I got New England winning.
0: Nice. All right, coaching carousel, college—it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, and we're all dizzy, ready to hurl. We got some big hires, big names flying around, a lot of money, a lot of cash, a lot of homes being bought, apparently, <laughs> on one end, uh, and just just big deals all around. A lot of speculation. Uh, every time we wanted to guess something, uh, no, no, Joe Brady to LSU for the listeners out there. That. That's what we were about to talk about, but shit happens fast. Uh, Joey, you have any, any thoughts on, on SC and, and Riley, Lincoln Riley?
2: You know, I only have a couple thoughts. I think that this is a good pickup for USC. I think it is generating a ton of buzz, and honestly, all it has is potential to create a new culture in USC and maybe – Bring them back to some sort of prominence that they have honestly been lacking, you know, back in the day, USC had the mystique, you know, they had the aura about them. And honestly, that's just been stripped away from them for so long. I think this is an opportunity to regain some of that. And, you know, why not? (laughs) That's also the question. Why not try it? So I think it's a good dealings for USC.
1: I personally love this hire. I didn't even think it was obtainable for USC to get Lincoln Riley. Like, I didn't think he'd want to leave Oklahoma for SC. I mean, given the context of what the deal was and Oklahoma going to the SEC and how much easier of a time he's going to have getting to the top at USC, it makes sense. It's the easiest route for him it makes him the most money long-term he's at the bigger brand all the way around. It makes college football that much more exciting when USC is good. And I, I cannot say enough. This hire is awesome. I think Lincoln Riley is going to have USC humming by 2023. They're going to be top three ranked in the country, two years. That's my prediction they're going to take over as college football's number one power when Nick Saban retires. USC is going to be the recruiting powerhouse of the next decade, people. This, this hire, this was a guy that NFL teams wanted. And USC poached him from a team that has been far more successful from just as competent a conference against just as competent opponents. Big hire for SC. Yeah, you know what what Re- Lincoln
0: Riley said? He said, show me the money. And USC <laughs> said, bet. Um, we're going to buy your house. And, and then guess what? We're going to buy your other house. And then guess what? We're going to buy you a house in LA and give you a, just a shitload of money. They're probably going to have to have a little <laughs> forklift, bring that over to them along with the... All the extra cash from buying his house is 500000 over the asking price because well, t- Tiger King ain't buying them. Who else can going to buy a $5 million house in Norman, Oklahoma? Probably nobody.
2: You know, the money should even out by the time he gets to California. He probably isn't making that much of a profit on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. UFC. Hey, um... Oh, this sorry. Is that go ahead. Check, This is that check Mike Tomlin was talking about not wanting. missing
1: out on that one. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Tomlin might uh, reconsider after seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, he might ask for a fourth house. (laughs)
0: Uh, But, yeah, this is is a chance. USC is probably one of the only pack, maybe other than Oregon, who could just throw money out like that. But I don't even think uh, Oregon... You know, people would rather come to Southern California still, and uh, they they finally have a chance, maybe, maybe to win, to actually win the recruiting battle in their own state. And now all the guys from California maybe don't go all to the SEC, but uh, Lincoln Riley, what they had, they had a slew of decommits from from Oklahoma just top guys, and now we're all speculating where they're gonna go, SC i hope so that'd be fun oh yeah uh we had another one brian kelly to lsu we're we're this close to saying joe brady but uh literally right after i think zach texted me that the the real news came out and it was floored a little bit uh you have any any thoughts on that one joey
2: you know i don't really have too many thoughts about this uh I'm honestly not huge into the college football game, but hey, you know, LSU, good for them, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, they're the a big name, like, I guess, program. Yeah, I almost said franchise, but they only have like a pop year. They win a title, they go into mediocrity. They win a title, they go into mediocrity. Uh, Brian Kelly's got a, a, a track record of kicking ass at Cincinnati and then at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's kind of – i think they might be floating in the water there. How are they
1: going to replace that? Yeah, like you're saying, man, he's won everywhere he's been. Cincinnati and Notre Dame. He took Notre Dame to a BCS National Championship. I mean, they got their ass kicked, but he took them there. And Notre Dame had been irrelevant before that. They really were struggling with their brand, and they weren't what they had been in the previous years, but I think Brian Kelly is a great recruiter and kind of an underrated offensive mind when it comes to the college game. Like Brian Kelly, he's not, he's not Nick Saban. He's not Dabo Sweeney. He's not Lincoln Riley, but he's a damn good coach. And LSU gets damn good players already. So I could see him having that program damn good yeah and i think my favorite
0: part about this and i was doom scrolling on twitter all day just to get a little little snippet and i suggest that anyone do the same the the drama from the oklahoma fans and the notre dame fans and likewise it's like it's like a couple bad sudden breakups that no one saw coming and everyone's just like oh no what how could you leave us right now at our most vulnerable moment we're about to go to the bowl game or notre dame the playoff maybe and it's just fun because people are kind of mad but you know they'll 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 get over it. it's okay it's a little bad breakup you'll get a new coach things will start fresh (laughs) all right we have next little, little thanksgiving feast While all of us are probably past that on the couch, at least probably halfway through it, just because, you know, Thanksgiving happens. Cowboys, Raiders. Was it in Dallas? In Dallas. On Thanksgiving. Heck of a game. Joey, what are your thoughts?
2: You know, I think the game itself was the best game on thanksgiving um it was a pretty underwhelming slate imagine waking up going out to help make some sides make some turkey you know and you got to watch the lions and the bears <laughs> oh i did <laughs> and i did too uh and i did not enjoy it but i did watch it um but you immediately enjoy after the i I love me some Andy Dalton, but that's a story for another time. The Cowboys and Raiders, I think, was a good palate cleanser from that first game. It is two of the most popular franchises out there, and they showed out as well as they could, and the viewership reflected that. Everyone had their TVs on, everyone was watching the Cowboys and Raiders, and It did what it had to do as a background game while you guys are cooking and eating.
1: Yeah, it was a hell of a game. I mean, when when have we seen a Thanksgiving game that was that high scoring and that entertaining with wild calls and defensive touchdowns, long pass plays, like hell of a game. I mean, I do want to say that fumble. Yeah, I just said fumble. Not an incomplete pass. <laughs> Although I mean, hey, I was going for the Raiders. The Cowboys got robbed on that. It was a hell of a play by that defense. And <laughs> the refs. Come on, man. You're at you're at Cowboys home. You gotta call that in the Cowboys favor. But either way, hell of a game. I don't I don't think that really decides the game or anything. I know the game was close, but the Raiders, they 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 deserved it, man. I mean, they they fought. They grinded it out. They they may have gotten a call to go their way, but at the end of the day that was in the first quarter, really early in the game. You know, that's not what decides the game. It's what happens in the fourth quarter. And the Raiders, they do they fought. They they got into overtime. And man. a uh, hell of a game.
0: Yeah, I think this this was the most watched regular season game since 1990, when the Niners lost three to seven to the Giants, is what I just looked up. 38 and a half million viewers estimated.
2: It's probably higher. Boy, I tell you, that 1990 game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? that was like three to seven, really. <laughs> Who, that, that was the
0: record. People watched that. Highly uh,
2: anticipated.
0: Yeah, the we just not not enough red rifle action early in the AM. So this game really bailed us out, and the NFL. Yeah, you're you're welcome, NFL, for your ratings. Probably awful early on. Don't want to watch that.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, and I gotta say, the viewership being that high is just I think symbolic of the hold the NFL has on Thanksgiving Day. It's synonymous with the day, and I think. It just shows that football is as big as ever.
0: Yeah, and... the, the highest team
1: or rating for a game since the Super Bowl. Wow. Not to mention the, those two brands and those two quarterbacks, the skill and how the, both of those guys are like the soul of each of those teams. Mm-hmm. It, it was awesome really really uh great thanksgiving day
2: definitely definitely
0: yeah i think the, the nfl was probably drooling over this one it was like a, a godsend you know they're probably sitting there looking at the ratings like raise the cap
2: <laughs> <laughs> between the morning game and this in the night game they're probably all about evened out you know because I was done with football during that Sunday. Well, not Sunday, Thursday night football game, to be honest.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, There's just flags everywhere in this game. (laughs) Wasn't there like we, we couldn't even get a, a field
2: goal. Was there like three in a row? Yeah. Yeah. It was 28 penalties, 14 for each team. And that, uh, that referee crew going into that game had already thrown the fourth most penalty flags all season. I'm sure after that game, they became number one.
0: Yeah. I have No clue where he got that but I 100% trust it because you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Only, <laughs> only you, only you would know that Joey.
2: <laughs> just do your research or just follow a Cowboys fan. They talk about it every week.
0: Uh, yeah. That—that was my (laughs) one of my comments on this one is, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're complaining about the refs in this game, a game against the Raiders, you're complaining (laughs) about getting flagged the most, bro. The Raiders lead the league like every single year for like the last decade, probably. Like they're if they're not first, they're in the top five, guarantee it. Probably longer, probably in the last two decades. So, no, no Raiders play hard one for Dallas. (laughs) Yeah, you you gotta complain to me, and we get flagged every play. <laughs> uh, this this also was uh, the the Zay Jones game, almost kind of, sort of. Because he had more than
2: one catch? Yeah, Zay Jones, he was supposed to be the guy to fill in for Henry Ruggs and it has definitely been a fall off and. The Raiders, I think, are starting to get it all together now, redistributing those targets and figuring out what works for them.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, w- I was asked, actually, by, by someone who listens to this. They're like, hey, Cameron, why don't you talk about the Raiders ever? And I was like, you know what? It's because they make me sad every week. So, <laughs> yeah, disassociate a little bit. and uh, But not this week, so we're talking about them. But yeah, you know, hope, hope Waller's okay. And Car's leading the league in yards. You know, Thanksgiving win. Uh, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Quality loss. All right, Zach. What's our our last segment here?
1: All right. First, I want to hear what Joey has to say is his pick. Who is your
0: MVP? We're hoping it's a little spicy. <laughs>
2: Coming into week 12, I'm sorry. It's not going to be as spicy as you guys think. But coming into week 12, it's well, going to be I'm one so of like two guys. One of two guys. I can see the argument for both, but I have to pick this one. I'm picking Tom Brady. The other candidate I would accept is Aaron Rodgers because there is an argument to me. But I'm both of these guys, they – are in the conversation every year. They're both still at the top of their game, and on a weekly basis, either one can show everyone else up. But my guy, though, is Tom Brady. He is second in the NFL in passing yards with 3,403 yards, and he is first in the NFL with 30 touchdowns. He's eighth in the league in completion percentage at 67.6, and the only blemish on his resume for this year is the team has had a couple of major losses, a couple of bad ones, and that might be recency bias. You know, everyone who is at the top of this conversation has had some nasty losses this season, even Aaron Rodgers, even though we for- almost forget about week one when they got smacked. But I think We forget the fact that the Buccaneers are bouncing back on a two-win streak, hoping to make it three this week, and that's because of Tom Brady, and he's consistently been doing well without his favorite targets, Gronk and Antonio Brown, for a good part of the season, and he remains the most cerebral quarterback in the entire league, and Tom Brady going into Week 12 is my MVP.
1: I I like that you mentioned Aaron Rodgers because that is my pick for MVP. And I know that's kind of a boring pick since he just won it last year. But Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Watching him this year, I, I was so reminded that no quarterback is truly like him. And the way he throws a football is so unlike anyone else on this planet. He is the most talented quarterback that has ever existed, throwing the ball. Not not in his mind. I think he is kind of a choker, but well, that's another topic for another day. Um, but the way he flicks that ball, the way he flips those hips and spins his oh man, he can rip it. And they are kind of the hottest team right now in the NFC that no one's talking about. And, man, did he prove the Packers wrong. He won that feud, and it is not even close. Jordan Love doesn't really look that great. It looks like he was right all along. And just the narrative of that, him winning an MVP again, back-to-back after they thought he was washed, just imagine that. And then what if he retires? What if he leaves? What if he goes to somewhere like Pittsburgh? The Packers... Have to be so sorry, and Rodgers, to me has been by far the best player in the league.
0: You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little, a little unconventional here, and uh, I'm gonna go with Jonathan Taylor because I I will go and say that I have flip flopped probably for the third or fourth time already this season, and I will keep doing it. So I will probably have a different answer for you in like a couple weeks from now. However, this week, <laughs> or forever, how long it lasts, and hopefully he does it because that'd be cool. I'm going with Taylor because he, okay, let's let's say you know Aaron Rodgers. People are on 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 Twitter probably like, what what do you mean he he's he's out there playing and he's only immunized and he has nine good toes. He's still kicking everyone's ass. Well, you know what, Jothan Taylor is gonna run the Colts to the postseason, it's kind of like AP ran the Vikings. But you know, I I would have, I think anyone would have Carson Wentz over Christian Ponder any day of the week. But he, he's he's what eight straight games, hundred yards, touchdown, incredible. He's he's melting faces and bowling guys over and just bowling motherfuckers out there. Christian Ponder spotlight.
2: and i i think it's important that you made that distinction too this is your week 12 mvp and these things are subject to change even going into next week you know each week the mvp race is so close if you asked me who the mvp was five weeks ago it's derrick henry a hundred percent but um each week it's changing it's a fluid situation and I think we'll be having a very different conversation by week 15, 17, 18, however many weeks we have now. Yeah,
0: it seems like it's been that kind of year where guys have just been kind of falling out of the race. Uh, I had Kyler early on, then he got hurt. And I had Henry, he got hurt. And it's like, who's going to be the guy standing?
2: Yeah, as the season goes on, you start seeing the usual suspects pop up, and that's because it's just longevity, and that's what makes a great quarterback, people who can do it all year long, and that's the award for you, you know? And it's no surprise we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, for example, instead of other quarterbacks like Kyler Murray who ended up unfortunately getting injured or other people who started hot like Matthew Stafford who have substantially cooled off it's those people who go in and out make it look easy Aaron Rodgers super smooth Tom Brady his mindfulness and it's just it's like that every year the usual suspects end up standing out again
0: Hell, they they can give it to Tom Brady and be like damn you're 45
2: (laughs) Keep it going. <laughs> I Break mean, his own records.
0: Yeah, John, Jonathan Taylor's just on a tear right now. 1,200 yards. He's like 15 touchdowns. He's insane. Hundred receiving yards. But I, I could see – I would not be at all surprised if a quarterback took it.
1: So, I, yeah. I do want to say I think the people, and when I say the people, I mean the fans of the NFL are kind of desperate for a non-quarterback MVP. So Jonathan Taylor is kind of the the hot pick right now. We'll see how that that goes, but i mean the fan the fans kind of want it i will i will i will agree with that yeah it it could it could change,
0: but I'm on that train so anyone have any any final thoughts here?
2: um no, not really. I just wanna thank you guys for. Let me come on here, spread my wisdom on my game picks and a little New England my, gospel. My New England gospel, hopefully, maybe turn someone to the right side. Maybe Monday night we'll do that when the Patriots hopefully win. Uh, but in all honesty, thank you, both of you. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. I
0: loved having you on, man. It's yeah, been good. It was great having you, man.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, everybody. Protect your toes. Don't doom scroll Twitter too hard and melt into your couch this Sunday with some good football, hopefully. Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting the social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different. Podcasting services, including Spotify, which you're most likely listening to, Apple Podcasts now, Stitcher, uh, like five more. Check us out on a variety. Uh, We got stickers everywhere. Slide into our DMs on social media. Engage. Maybe you want to be on the show. Let us know. We're out there and we're available.
1: This has been Fraternal Football.
0: Cam and Zach, signing off. This episode is brought to you by How to Pest. Once again, they're good enough for the Lakers. They are good enough for you. Point taken. That's it. It's all you need. Just go hit them up right now. Do it.